So welcome to another episode of Board Game with Education. Today, we are live with Lori from Stop, Drop, and Roll Games, and we're talking about using games to improve the world, specifically a game they have on Kickstarter right now called Earth Rising. But we'll get into that conversation in just a minute. Uh, before that, I want to say welcome back to the show. We are now in Season 13 of the Board Game with Education podcast. And now we're calling it season 13 of our content calendar since we're doing more than just a podcast. Last season, we went all in with our video cast episodes, which you can listen to directly on this podcasting app or however you're listening to our episode now or check it out on YouTube. And with our current ca content calendar season, we're doing live streams with BGE's Tabletop. And BGE's Tabletop is our soon to be brick and mortar store. So you can check out those live streams on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and be sure to subscribe to those those channels wherever you want to listen to it. Uh, we do different segments like Publishers Corner, Kick It with Kickstarter. We play some games, and we have some other awesome guests on those streams as well. The streams are for a broader gaming hobby, not just games for learning. So if you're interested in uh, joining us on more hobby-focused conversations and segments, be sure to subscribe. All right, so let's get to the episode. Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. All right, welcome to another episode of Board Game with the Education. I'm going to check the sound because it seems like that introduction didn't play, but we are live. Um, right, it looks like episode. I am on the uh, stream and you can hear me. So we're going to bring on Lori Blake. Uh, Lori, welcome to the Board Game with Education podcast or video cast in this instance. Hi, Dustin. Thanks. So, Lori, you are a uh, you're the autistic game designer, CEO of Stop, Drop, and Roll, and you have the Kickstarter uh, Earth Rising available now. You can check it out on Kickstarter. Um, we're going to talk about your game and your mission with your uh, game design company. But before we get into that conversation, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Sure. Well, as you say, I am an autistic board game designer. Um, and yeah, I run the company uh, Stop, Drop, and Roll. And we focus on making uh, beautiful and ethical games. So games that are sustainable, games that uh, talk about uh, issues that we feel need to be brought attention to. Um, we try to make everything that we do uh, able to involve anyone, regardless of where they come from or, or their difficulties or anything like that. So we're particularly interested in making sure that we use things like screen readers and cater to colorblind folk and all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we we basically inclusive, beautiful and ethical games are, are our wheelhouse. That's what we do. That's super awesome. And it's definitely something that I think um, needs more awareness, especially on myself. I know I need more awareness into like what you mentioned catering to colorblindness or making games more accessible. Sometimes I I think about, well, how how would someone maybe not have access to the game and how can we provide some access to that game? Um, for me, it's challenging, but I am a teacher. My background's in teaching, so it's something I'm always kind of thinking about in my classroom is, well, I have to make sure this game, or I guess not this game, this learning content is accessible to my students. Um, so I'm Definitely. excited to get, in, get into this conversation. Um, I want to chat, maybe let's talk about your company, Stop, Drop, and Roll to start. Um, and then we're going to look at cool. your game, Earth Rising, which I had a chance to play test a couple rounds of it. And I really loved how it integrated the learning aspects of the game. And anyone interested that's a board gamer, I'm sure would really enjoy the game for game's sake. Um, but the company, so you have the, the mission statement. Um, I'm going to find it here. Um, improving the world through gaming. I think that's, I can't find the actual, uh, the actual quote there, but what, what is your mission statement with your company? So, yeah, uh, as you say, we, we believe that games can improve the world. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be, um, a game that acted like earth rising, for example, is a game that actively seeks to, um, bring a balance of 
enjoyment and education um, and make that accessible in a way that doesn't feel forced or feel, um, I don't know, over um, sort of overwrought, that kind of thing. So we're, we're very much looking to sort of make games that are, um, that there's no kind of barrier to entry or necessity before you play them. You're there to have a good time first and foremost, absolutely. But just by very nature of playing them, you're picking up some element to do with something. Um, so yeah, it, it's through that kind of learning by osmosis or, um, or being involved in something that opens your mind that little bit more. That's, that's what we sort of think is a way in which games can really engage people in a subject they didn't even realize they wanted to know about. Right. And I was talking with you before we, we went live here about uh, Earth Rising and I was thinking back to the playtest. I'm like, I definitely remember learning something. And then I talked through it and figured out, OK, now I remember the term. And that was really cool looking at your game and kind of just learning about it just through playing the game. I didn't necessarily like go to the game to learn about this specific topic. I guess obviously we kind of chatted and I knew what the game was about. So I was interested and I know our community would be interested in this too, but um, it was cool. And then now like I know of the term planned obsolescence and what it means to environmental sustainability because of your game, which is really cool. And it wasn't like sought out after to learn about this topic. Sure. I mean, that's, I think that's the most, uh, I guess, fundamental part of what we tried to make Earth Rising good at is that, that sense that you play a game and you have a great time and you, you know, that's what your intention is and that's what you come away with the feeling of. And yet also the moment you sort of stop, you sort of go, oh, actually, I I now know all these things. I didn't even realize I was learning. Like I, all of a sudden, I know what planned obsolescence is in this context. And I know what, you know, uh, I know that carbon credits is is an issue or I know that this is a, a problem. And, and I can, and it creates a cause and effect narrative, the game does, I mean, which sort of, brings that um it brings those issues to the foreground of your brain without sort of sitting you down and going hey this is bad um it's you know there's no none of the heavy handedness that i think a lot of people think about uh when they hear sort of the edutainment sort of style of things that's very much what we were looking to get away from and redefine yeah i think that uh, it's it's interesting because I think being in my bubble that I am, I know games as edutain or like education, game through education, education through games is very mm. much an engaging thing to do, an engaging activity. But I think there's the general uh, understanding that like let's just sugarcoat something like and play a game, but we're really just learning, and there's nothing like really engaging about that. Um, it's actually probably less engaging doing it this way than maybe tapping into other things that students are motivated by, um, different models of learning. So uh, so I want to talk about your game, Earth Rising. But before, I have three things that, uh, again, from your website, and I'm excited to kind of chat about what you think that means through games. So you have mm -hmm. inclusive, conscientious, and immersive. So if we're looking at your company, what would it mean to make games that are inclusive okay well um an inclusive game is something that is um you don't need to be from any kind of particular background or anything like that to be able to be a part of this game um games are inherently uh exclusive to certain things that a lot of people don't really think about so for example we mentioned earlier color blindness which is where you've uh you know you, you've got color-coded cards that's that's perfectly normal you know you you've got this color card that denotes this kind of area of the game or whatever else um and so you can easily match that just by looking at it but colorblind people that's not so easy that's not as simple as that so by having different uh symbols or particular patterns on them uh you're able to overcome those difficulties um and similarly, with with all those kinds of uh, difficulties that people face, we can't overcome all of them necessarily, but we try any way we can to include as many people as possible. And that also comes to a position of having, for example, uh, a varied 
amount of, say, characters in your character art. So plenty of different types of men and women, plenty of different ethnicities, um, you know, disabled people, all kinds of um, representation within a game allows people who are playing that game to go, okay, so, you know, I'm welcome here. This is this is a game that not only is uh, is something that I'm able to play, but also acknowledges that I'm ex not only exist, but can be a part of a game's world. It can be a part of whatever subject it's talking about. And just by having that representation, it allows people to feel more engaged in, um, well, the, everything that takes place within it. So yeah, that's that inclusivity can be really powerful and it makes such a difference to people who normally don't feel like they are included. Right, right. I think that's a big um, thing about movies too. Like representation is very important. To be able to see yourself in a character on the screen is really huge. Um, I like, I like how you said too that games can be inherently exclusive. Right. So it's, I would say it's probably impossible to make a game inclusive for everyone. I don't know. There's probably you got to do a lot of playtesting. You got to get a lot of feedback. I don't know. What What would you say? It's so it's one of those things of no singular version of any game will be completely inclusive to everyone. So take, for example, even if you were to go to uh, financial inclusivity. So if you were to, you know, we, we obviously have to sell our games. They cost an amount of money to buy um, because they cost an amount of money to make. So that one necessity makes the other. Um, nonetheless, there are those who won't be able to afford it. No matter how cheap your game is, there will be someone who cannot afford to play that. So by doing things like Earth Rising is doing, where we're donating them to schools and libraries and things like that, we're creating a level of, of accessibility that most games are not able to provide because they're luxury items. There's no getting around that. They, they are luxury, and that's, that's great. And they're, they're able to do a fantastic job with that. Um, but even then, you know, there are very few games that cater to folks who are blind. How hard is it to play a board game when you're blind? Incredibly. Um, even things like Werewolf and things like that, which are very auditory experiences, ultimately yeah. you need to be able to look at people in order to participate. So whilst I won't, I won't pretend that any of our games approach that sort of thing, and there are games that do approach it, and hats off to them, that's brilliant. Um, I think being aware of the fact that there are those limitations and the fact that we can overcome them with certain types of, um, uh, I suppose, efforts um, is really good and really powerful. Um, so yes, we seek to do that wherever we're able to. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, very, very well said. Um, and I want to move on to the conscientious. Is that I guess that almost kind of tags into what we're talking about, but maybe there's something else under there. To a degree. So conscientiousness is is also very much about uh, being aware of the impact that you make on others. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily just about, oh, my game is, is you know, all the player character cards are just basically buff looking white dudes. Um, it's also a case of like, um, was this game made with huge amounts of plastic and what impact will that have on our, our planet? Um, how are we how are we shipping those games to places what methods are we using to get them to people so you know we for example um whilst we don't necessarily have any power over distributors we do have power in terms of how we ship our games and we don't use amazon because we know that the what amazon does to our world what it how it treats its workers how it, it deals with all so many things um ultimately by using them you're feeding that beast so little things like being aware of different issues that our games are intrinsically linked to and going, okay, how can we take a, like a step away from that and towards a better, more focused, positive gaming experience on so many different levels? Um, we hope to be able to, I suppose, just make a more positive uh, industry as a whole. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's that's really important is and something I didn't consider what that kind of underlying message in your mission statement of conscientious is the effect it has on the players because that's really important too. And and I know this is a conversation I was having with some colleagues is like 
is there a game out there that made you who you are? And I think we kind of got to the, we kind of came to the conclusion that it's not, of course, it's not just one game, but a series of games. And definitely, it really, I mean, it really matters what games you play and it's going to affect you as a player somehow. Um, maybe it might be because of the play group you're playing with. It might be because of the message of the game. It might be a lot of other things, but really cool. Um, and then the other one is immersive. So I know I felt, like I said, being able to tie the real world to your game felt immersive to me and kind of learning through that too. How would you say, or what does that mean for you and your company as far as an immersive gaming? So immersive gaming is something, it's a game that you can, whilst you're playing it, your attention and your the what you're thinking about and everything like that, you're completely engaged in it. You're completely involved in it. An immersive game is something where you, you know, it you feel very much a part of it as you're playing. Um, and I think that, you know, that actually, you know what, immersivity is probably one of the things that board gaming does really well. Um, on the whole, we seek to do that too, is more the point. Um, you know, being in a world where you're like, oh, wow, I, I definitely feel like I'm a part of this. I feel like I have an impact on it. I feel like I, um, I'm i invested in what happens um, is something that we really want because that creates a level of engagement that really gets those messages across. So anything we feel we want people to get, the most important part of being able to get that message to them is making sure they're feel like they're immersed in it um you know it's i think what is it the quickest way to learn a language is to immerse yourself in said language so similarly in any game whether it's learning or otherwise you're going to be so much more pleased with that experience um and you're going to retain so much more from it if you're immersed in it or feel like you are so yeah that's awesome and i have a more of a personal question do you have a favorite game that was the most immersive experience for you Oh my goodness. Um, oh, so the hardest question in the interview here. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, to be honest with you, I think this is, as you were saying, like what games shaped you, you know, what, what is it that sort of made you the gamer you are today or, or whatever else. And I, it, this is going to sound really strange and probably quite surprising, but hero quest, I grew up playing hero quest mm. and I absolutely got really into it. Like I, I, you know, I, the way it was able to be completely randomized, the way you had no idea what was coming next, all those all those elements of it, you know, that was back before procedural generation was a word that had been invented. So as a result, for me as a kid, it was captivating and it really opened my mind as to what a game could be. Um, mm. And yeah, so I'd say that probably is, that probably does it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I would say for me, maybe a similar experience, not because you're making me, you're reminding me of my youth and being a kid. I don't, I'm trying to think of it as an adult would most immersive game, but Pokemon was definitely mine. Like I would go around oh, yeah. and we would create like little pieces of paper with Pokemon on it. You'd have to walk around the house, the neighborhood and throw Pokeballs to catch them. And so we did like, we made our own Pokemon game in like our neighborhood. So I was absolutely definitely, old school Pokemon go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw a pokeball yeah uh cool so um let's talk about your game earth rising can you give like a high level overview of what the game is like and how it kind of ties into learning as well sure sure okay so basically uh earth rising is a one to six player family strategy board game um and basically it is about uh it's it's about transforming our society from the unsustainable ways that it's currently in and into a more sustainable future that supports both uh, people and uh, allows society to continue without any issues. So for example, it supports the environment, it supports people out of poverty, um, and in general is able to, um, yeah, as I say, function indefinitely. So. The way that it does this is that it has a circular board um, and it has six sectors that go around it. Each one is, is you play a, a specialist from each one um, and they are tasked with 
transforming from the unsustainable practices that are on the board um, and turning them into sustainable ones. So each unsustainable one puts a point of strain onto our world and each sustainable one takes one off. Uh, however, regardless of sustainable or unsustainable, each one supports two people in our society. So if you just take all the unsustainable practices off, it puts a whole bunch of people into the middle, into poverty. We don't want that. So you have to do a balancing act between what the planet can take uh, and what people need. And if you cut away people's support, you know, if you cut away all the energy practices because they're all coal and gas, well, that's fine. But except for the fact that people still need power. So if you haven't put something in place to replace that, then ultimately people will fail their support. Things will go wrong. And in the end, people in poverty also, in a way, put strain upon our environment. So it creates a different problem from a different place. So finding that balancing act is crucial. And um, if you put too much strain on the environment, if you get 15 in one particular type of burden, such as, say, water withdrawal or land conversion, then you have an ecological collapse. And those permanently damage the board and your society and raise the temperature and make things harder. So you have 20 years to accomplish this. Um, and you have uh, and every single player turn counts as one year. So uh, it's, you know, you, you need to cooperate around the board. You need to pass each other influence cards to be able to transform different places and different sectors. Um, and in general, you have to cooperate really closely because a lot happens over the course of that 20 years. Um, and it's entirely possible that you may draw a status quo strikes card. And those are the forces that uh, benefit from the world we have today, looking to put things back again and make sure that, mm. you know, things don't change too much. So that's a, basically an overview of the game. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's completely solo playable. And we've just introduced a... Um, we've just introduced a quick play function specifically designed for use in the classroom. Um, it's designed to last to roughly about an hour. So, uh, yeah, we, oh, and, and every single copy of the game comes with an informational booklet, uh, which details why every single practice in the game is sustainable or unsustainable and why it is that it's putting the damage it is on the world. So, mm. or, or would be a solution. That's super awesome. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at the Kickstarter page. Um, since we are audio also, I'm going to kind of talk through it and share a little bit because I did notice some things that were really cool. Um, I mean, I went to just back the project to start. And you mentioned the educator. Um, there's the educator pack, and it comes with uh, information booklet, which is huge. I, I know I talk about this a lot and um, with Genius Games and uh, Capital Gains Studio are two to board game publishers that are using games for learning. Their games are hobby games, but they have some learning aspects to them. And they include mm -hmm. that type of booklet with all of their games, which is super helpful for um, just understanding the concept behind the design and being able to connect that play experience with um, real world learning, which is really awesome. Yeah, really good. Um, so I also noticed you have a digital educator pack. So we talked about um, your company's mission about being inclusive, which is really great because maybe some teachers don't have access to be able to uh, go in for the uh, the physical version. So there's a more cost effective digital educator pack. What is the difference Absolutely. between the two? So, I mean, the key difference is that it doesn't include the game itself. Um, okay. But the other thing is that all of the digital educator pack stuff um, is included in the educator edition. Um, and effectively what it is, is for both of them, um, you've got things like lesson plans that you can use the information for. Um, some of it will be for use in conjunction with the game. Uh, but nonetheless, because we have our game completely online for free through screen, uh, screen top, it means that if um, schools have the computer um, access rather than necessarily the amount of games needed to like be, rather than be able to afford the amount of games needed to suit a whole class um basically what they can do is they can uh get the digital educator pack and they can get your get their students set up on computers and they can still utilize those um those resources um, even if they don't use the game it will still have all of the source material it will still have all the information it will still have 
all of the uh, lesson plans that hopefully they would be able to adapt without the game. Um, so hopefully it would make it easier for teachers to um, adapt the content within to their uh, local school curriculum and be able to make it easier for them to uh, engage children uh, with the ideas of sustainability and how we get there. Awesome. I'm going to stop sharing my screen here and come back. So uh, I want to talk about um, kind of two things, or I have a comment and then I want to ask a question. So one thing you mentioned, the, um, oh man, what did you call it? The the um, status quo cards. I don't remember yeah. the name of the cards, but that's really cool because that's something that is real world example of things that happen, right? We always push back for change. Change doesn't just happen, right? It's always, yeah. there's always some sort of pushback and um, that's definitely a learning opportunity for the classroom or with parents to talk about, well, if you want to make these changes, there's going to be pushback and you got to figure out, well, what do you need to do to, to uh, move forward and progress past that? So I'm curious to yeah. hear about other examples of like game-based or game-based learning components or learning opportunities in the game. Sure. Um, okay. So, I mean, the main one um, is that Earth Rising is very much a cause and effect game. It means that your actions have a direct uh, repercussion on how things turn out. Um, the, I, th I think the most important thing that we uh, find for learning is that it's not just about getting the information, but about seeing it in practice. Um, seeing the repercussions of your actions and what that means is so much more engaging than just the raw information. So, for example, let's say you, um, well, actually, an example I gave earlier was if you take a, um, if you take an unsustainable practice off the board, but you don't have the support using a different sustainable practice, then you're putting two people into poverty. That mm. is, you know, that's a, a situation you've created through your good intentions. It's true that you're not putting as much uh, strain on the planet, but you're putting that strain on people instead because you haven't transitioned it in a way that supports them. Um, similarly, your special abilities, your character cards, um, they upgrade as you increase the sustainability of that sector. So for example, um, the activist is able to put protest tokens onto uh, tokens, uh, onto counters, and those, you're able to flip it from like an unsustainable practice into a sustainable practice instead of taking it off. You completely like reverse it um, using these protest tokens. But you can place one additional one for every sustainable culture practice you have because that's your sector. So as you increase your sector, you're able to do more. However, if you just focus on your own, that means that other people aren't able to use their abilities as much. And so it means that as you help each other progress, everyone gets more powerful. Um, and one of the things that we felt was the biggest, I suppose, the biggest thing people were struggling with with the climate crisis was a feeling of any empowerment, mm. um, feeling like you can make a difference. Um, right. And that was the thing that we wanted Earth Rising to give people that feeling of, you know, progression of, it's that feeling of even though it takes 20 years, that 20 years can have an incredible effect. And, and by you making that happen, it shows that the actions of the actions of today have knock on effects for tomorrow. Mm. Even if it's just a few at a time, ultimately in the long run, it makes a huge change. Right. Um, right. And another one actually is that if you lose, um, okay, you've lost the game. Fair enough. It's gotten to 20 years. You haven't managed to completely transform your society into sustainability. But I can guarantee that no matter how badly you have done, unless you've literally ended the world by causing that many ecological collapses, you have made a difference. You've made a positive change in your world, regardless of, of how close or how far you were from winning. Um, because that's, that's the thing is that whilst the clock in Earth rising stops at 20 years, the real life human world doesn't. And any progress you make in that time is still progress. It's still there. It still made that difference. And I think that's one of the things I suppose I'm most proud of in Earth rising is that 
even in the case of you losing, you still look down at your board game and going, but look how far we've come. Mm -hmm. And that's a really powerful message, I think, needs more attention when it comes to the climate crisis. Yeah, that's a super awesome, very positive message to end on, too. And I know there's a there's a quote, I'm not sure who who said it, but it has to do with uh, we as humans, we overestimate how much we can do in a year and underestimate how much we can do in five. So yeah. thinking about that long term potential for impact on what we can do as a good thing, I think is really cool to kind of look at the game as a 20 year thing and not mm -hmm. just like what you can do in the year. Right. It's going to snowball, snowball into uh, future positive impacts. And that's why as well we put in the um, in the informational booklet, we've got a section at the end of each. Um, so each sector has its own section where it explains the practices. Um, and then at the end of each section, there's a what you can do on an individual scale. So, um, you know, it, for the agriculture one, for example, we've got things like, you know, you can compost your your food waste and you can, um, you know, just little things that make a difference on small levels but ultimately really um have a high impact if lots and lots of people do them mm. so you know um there are i mean one of the biggest unfortunately is eating less meat like it's it's a, it has huge ramifications if we were able to cut down that consumption because it's one of the biggest polluting industries switching your uh, electricity over to something that comes from uh, green infrastructure, if that's available in your area, then is fantastic and actively uh, promotes that having more funding put into it. You know, it's these little things that we can do actually do have an impact. And whilst you may not see it today, you will see it in five years. Um, and that's great. So, yeah. Right. Awesome. So uh, before we move into our game, do you have any last thoughts for someone maybe on the fence, ready to back, but they're like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait, or maybe I want to back it. I'm not sure. What would you share with them about the game? Well, uh, first of all, you've only got eight days left. So, you know, <laughs> make your decision pretty quick. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're already funded. We're about to hit our final stretch goal. We're about to reveal a little secret surprise that we are going to add into that stretch goal. Um, you know, we've, we are basically uh what is it like i think it's seven percent or something like that away from 200 percent uh funded there's you know you're you're getting the game at the best it can possibly be at this point because so many people have believed in this game they've made it uh upgraded all the way it possibly can but um even if it's not necessarily about the game itself you know, we are trying to use this game as a way to show the board game industry that you can create fantastic games completely sustainably. It is 100% sustainably produced. It uses no plastic whatsoever. Um, and the all of the uh, freight shipping emissions and such were going to offset through Tree Sisters. And on top of that, the 50% of all of our profits will be donated to charities that are fighting to make Earth Rising's aim a reality. So... If you back Earth Rising, we're looking to make that not just uh, not just a first step towards learning about how we solve our climate crisis, but on top of that, it will be your first step. You know, some of that money that you're putting into it not only is going into the charities, but also helping with the offsetting, also helping with the um, you know showing the board game world that we can be better, um, and it makes a difference. And the more people talk about it, the more, uh, I'm not just talking about Earth Rising, but the more people talk about these issues, the more uh, effect that we have on the societies we live in. So um, take a look. It's a great game. It's totally free to play online. Uh, you can try it way before you buy it. Um, it's even solo playable, so you don't even need your buddies to have the same schedule as you, um, which, let me tell you, is a nightmare. <laughs> um, so, so check it out. Um, you know, even the quick play is down to an hour. So honestly, just just go give it a go. Um, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Hope to have yeah. you with us. I'm I'm actually getting ready to back it myself. I just need to check which card that my business account is under. So we'll be backing on the retail level. So I'll have to reach out awesome. to you about that. Um, but anyone listening will have copies eventually when it comes to us. Um, Excellent. And I would say too, 
I just posted the Kickstarter in the comments. Um, so hopefully anyone watching and then we'll have it as part of the show notes or the blog post for this video cast episode too. Um, so before we go, we're going to end our stream with a game and I'm going to see if I can get the right. Uh, <laughs> our game tunes. Um, so I'm going to share my screen here. And we're going to play over on Board Game Arena. All right, there it is. All right, I, I promise not to look at this in advance <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. on your stream and, and cheat. The... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so turn the sound down. And we're going to play Concept. So we played this on our stream before, so... Um, if you've watched us, you might already know how to play, but for anyone that has not watched us play, so I guess to kind of explain Board Game Arena for anyone not familiar, you it's a website that you can play for free. There are There is a premium version, and there are some games that are paid that you need to play, but there are tons that you don't need to. Um, there are some games like Concept where you can change the rules in order to play the game. So, for example, we had the rules set up to um, to play with two people on a team um, but we changed it to just one player on a team Lori had a card with three six nine words uh, three easy three medium three difficult and as the clue giver you're going to choose one of those words for the team to guess um, this can play, be played cooperatively um, or it can be played in teams um, there are rounds but essentially you can end the game whenever you want a uh, really good game for the classroom I know uh, Kim Tolson from Tabletop Tozen has a video about using this game in her classroom, so I recommend checking that out on YouTube. Um, it's on our website too, Board Game with Education. So, all right, um, I'm gonna start with an easy one, and I'm gonna explain how to play as we play because it's one of those games that's very much yep. easy to pick up. Um, so essentially, I have a board of icons. I'm gonna see if I can make it smaller so we can get all the icons on there. Oh, nope, it doesn't work with Board Game Arena. All right, so we kind of got most of them. You can see most of them if you're watching. Um, the icons are different uh, things that represent, like, for example, one icon re represents a person, family, or group. Some icons represent adult, old, ancient, past. Some icons represent sun, heat, light, daytime. I'm going to choose a question mark. Oh, I want to get rid of that question mark. I forget how to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> over here. There we go. So I'll choose go. a question mark, which is the main idea. Um, so the main idea is going to be here, which this okay. icon represents wildlife and animal. So that's my main idea. Um, technically, in the game, you have a sheet that shares with you these icons. Um, you could just remove those, remove that sheet, and those icons can represent kind of what you interpret them to represent. So... Um, I'll leave it at that. So that's my first main one. And I'm going to also kind of narrate what I'm choosing for anyone listening. The second main one is going to be, where is it at? The second one is Watercraft, Maritime, and Swim. Cool. Um, Wildlife and Watercraft. Okay. And so you can guess at any time too, and you can do as many guesses as you want, which is kind of... Gotcha. Uh, so it could be like a swimming animal or, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking with that combo, it might be a swimming animal of some kind. Um, not that that is too narrow. Um, so if I, so if I put in here, if I go like, for example, whale, are you able to then like effectively assess? Ah, okay. So it's not a whale, <laughs> not a whale. All right. I'm trying to think of what else to give you. Like, I know what I want to give you, but I don't know if there's an icon for it. So you could tell me if it's slow or fast. Um, maybe, like, is it in cold areas? Is it in hot areas? Am I completely wrong about it? And you're like, nope, it's totally an actual type of boat. And so you give me a machine clue. <laughs> uh, oh, I know which one. Okay. Where is it at? Where is it at? Okay, there we go. <laughs> So the other okay. icon I chose is theater, film, or camera. Okay. And the other icon I chose is title, brand, or name. 
Okay. Is it documentary? Uh, no. No way. Okay. <laughs> not a documentary. Not even close. All right. Um, Hartle Brown or name? Uh, theatre, film, camera. Okay. Um, gosh. All right. So what about... And another rule in this game, I can always take away things if I think something's leading you on the wrong path. That's fair. Um, okay, so... We're gonna try. We're gonna try throwing out some 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 crazy clues here. So I did. I view watch. I did orange. Okay. Orange. Maybe that's the color of the animal or something. No. <laughs> um. Okay. What animal is orange? Can I put? I'm gonna put. Oh uh, no, it doesn't let me. Have you got too many? No, I, I was gonna try to put a green exclamation part. Oh, okay, but this is what I can do. You can do that. I'm gonna emphasize that. Oh, I see. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so I'm emphasizing the theater film camera for anyone listening. Yeah. So really bigging that one up. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> um trying to think of what else maybe i can give you um let's see i'm throwing out a lot of clues here i don't know if that's helpful or not okay. defense protection okay wall, yeah mailman husband masculine person family group okay i'm starting to think maybe like uh it might be a weird but ocean's 11 no no because i'm thinking uh, like you know it's protected thing so they're trying to get in the safe you know you got the masculine stuff but also a group um you know it's a film title there's a whole bunch of stuff to do with maritime ocean i, I wish i was that great at giving clues <laughs> <laughs> um okay so um baby as well know. okay baby child young new ah so oh i'll do this one too fictional imaginary wish okay man uh i'm gonna still go with a no way okay but it was that sounded <laughs> that was an um that sounded close because there is a there is a what's it called a almost but it's definitely okay. not almost <laughs> okay little mermaid like am i am i am oh, i going oh, off in almost the... almost oh oh okay <laughs> all right so um Little Mermaid's pretty close. That's good to know. Um, right. What can help you with that? Oh. <laughs> um, how about... Oh, I know. Uh, Finding Nemo. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> it yeah. Give it to you. Nice. Excellent. Nice one. Okay. I mean, that was an easy one. <laughs> if you say so. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, the other ones were kind of even harder. Um, and now that I know how this works, I'm looking at the options given to me and I'm like, oof, even the easy ones seem hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with this one because I think, think, I, I think I might be able to do it. So All let's right. see. Um, right. So if you are watching live or watching the replay, feel free to guess as if you were playing for me. Um, definitely happy to add your guesses in. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think, because you've got to put the question mark down for the core, the core bit, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to think what would be the best core representative thing. And I'm thinking it might be thinking it might be that like so that is electronics or computer yeah um and then if i can uh i think i'm gonna try and do them obviously in order of relevance 
So, so the next one I've put down is expression or speak or word. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what else can I put down? I guess okay. it's artificial intelligence. Okay, I've put down ear uh, and sound. And I've also put down mouth, flavor, eat. Oh. So definitely not artificial intelligence, right? I'm not really. Oh, wait, I can. Yeah. So there we go. Nope. Okay. That no is way. not it. But good, good thinking. But no. <laughs> ear, sound, hear, mouth, flavor, eat. Um, I don't even know if I'm on the right track here with the robot. Uh, no, not really. Fortunately, not. It's an expression or quote. So, a word. Um, so less less related. But feel free to feel free to guess if you're here on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Okay, I've uh, I've added recreation, sport, activity. Um, recreation, sport, activity. Um, computer electronics expression quote speak word, ear sound hear mouth. Flavor, eat, recreation, sport, or activity. Um, so, swing hmm. for the fences. I don't. I'm. I'm. That must be an American phrase because I don't even <laughs> really know what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's a baseball baseball phrase. Okay, so, fair okay. enough. <laughs> All right, recreation sport activity. Hmm. That one's got me on a different path. I don't know if I'm going down the right path, though. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I don't think... Uh, let me see if I can... Uh, you can put more on, right? So I will emphasize yeah. that a little more. Um, and I'll also emphasize this a little more. There you go. So I've just emphasized uh, speak, word, and expression. And I've also emphasized hear and sound. Um, Sound here, man. I I'm on. My thought is that it's definitely an expression or quote, but the main core is electronics mm -hmm. and computer. So is it like an expression or quote or brand expression? <sighs> I'm <laughs> not allowed to tell you, am I? No. no but... <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Um. It's so I will try. What is this one? What, what are you? Uh, I really don't want this to take you in the wrong direction, but <laughs> we'll, we'll let's try the, adding that into it. We'll give myself tools, another minute and see. If tools and construction it. I've added, and I've also added, I'm also going to add in games, toys, youth. Oh no! Oh man, <laughs> my brain's going like Nintendo. Uh... Oh man, that's the only toys, games, youth, PlayStation, electronics, mm -hmm. uh, Sega, in the game. <laughs> that's an EA <laughs> Sports thing, I think. Yeah, um, but unfortunately, unfortunately no. not. It's, it's much, much more simple than that. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm, you're going to show it to me and I'm going to be like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> um, trying to think of how I can. I'll try I'll try one more guess and then I think I'm going to have to have to give. Okay, up. maybe, maybe I can give you this as well. So I've added in the use or activate verb. Hmm. Oh, man, this is not it, but I'm just going to guess because I, I really want to know what it is. Just okay, do just... it. Okay. No, that's that's not it. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna just give up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So was I, was on the, I was on the wrong track with the expression and thinking, oh, man, silly. Yeah, I'm trying silly. to trying to say, like, you know, you use it to talk. You know, you use it to hear other people talking. Hence the mouth and that, but it's the trouble is it gives you, it gives you several phrases, which means that or yeah. several keywords, as it were. So mm. it's possible that it's going to be one of those keywords, but 
you don't know which one. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough but fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, the there's the sheet that like has those words and it tells you what those words actually or those icons mean, what they quote unquote mm -hmm. mean. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it plays. I haven't played it on a tabletop because so uh, every time I've played it, people have had those words and those definitely influence like how you guess and how you interpret things, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So again, Lori, thank you for sharing a bit about Stop, Drop, and Roll games and your game Earth Rising on Kickstarter until Saturday. Um, we'll have this up as a podcast episode on Monday and also a videocast episode on Monday too. So if you're listening then, you still have some time to check it out. And if anyone's curious on where they can find you, where they can find the Kickstarter, where they can find the game after the Kickstarter, how can they how can they find those things? Okay, so um, the game will be available um, through Backer Kit. So you, if you go to the Kickstarter page, you will be able to uh, continually pledge until it's in production. Um, but nonetheless, if you want to talk to us or if you want to check out what else we do, uh, come on down to sdrgames.studio, uh, and that's our website. Uh, or otherwise, come join our Discord, where you can chat to us directly um, and ask us any questions you want um what else yeah we got facebook we got twitter we got instagram we got we got it all baby awesome. so just come come find us we're all we're sdr games on basically everything um so uh yeah just uh get in touch we always love to hear from people if you're a designer we're happy to talk shop if you're a if you're a player then obviously we'll probably play some games with you if you fancy it so yeah come say hi Awesome. Again, thank you, Lori, for coming on. And hopefully we'll have you on again, too, in the future. Excellent. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, Dustin. Thank you for listening in this week. If you like what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.